0: Good morning everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the 26th episode of Short Track Talk Podcast. Today, uh, just like last week, we have a completely different point of view of what we've seen so far. We have a coach here with us today who is well-known all around the circuit, both in road cycling, also in mountain bike, because he's worked with an amazing amount of riders. He is currently uh, the Swiss national team coach. He works with the giant off-road team, and he's been working with many, many other personal athletes, helping them on their descent conditions. And for those who don't know who I'm talking about yet, I, we have Oscar Saith here with us today. Good morning, Oscar. How you doing?
1: Good morning, Enrique. Thanks for having me. Pleasure being here.
0: Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here today. So first of all, uh, how's the season being so far? I imagine everything's looking quite busy, uh, lots of work. Mm, it's very as usual. I mean,
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, I have a busy schedule, but I also like the... I, I don't make it, I don't make it easy on myself so I always I'm always busy um uh, as you said like I I work within three <clears throat> within three uh, disciplines so uh that keeps you know myself uh, uh busy and, and with uh, I would say like three very different fields
0: First of all uh, I'm going to start asking questions because I have a lot of them so <laughs> I make, I want to make sure I don't run out of time and first go of ahead all, go ahead shoot I want to ask you about your uh, writing time writing... uh Riding experience. Uh, you were a professional rider, back in the time, a downhill rider, uh, in the early '90s and in the early 2000s. So, first of all, I want to ask you: How do you start riding a bike when you're a kid?
1: Uh, I, used, I I I rode a bike because I always liked it. I always liked it since I was three, and I can still remember uh, my father bringing me to uh, moto trial contest competitions to to watch the uh, the big names back in the day. And and from that point, I think. I just fell in love with two wheels anything that has was related to two wheels i would love it Um uh bike trial bicycles would start back then also in the late 70s so so for me it was you know was like my my uh my my preference uh in front of any other toy any other distraction when i was a kid was uh was the bicycle uh together with trying with trials and and everything started there so uh, trials was my background i would say it was like my my crib as a as a, as a very, very, very young athlete, enthusiast.
0: It's uh, the beginning of a, of a great career, I would say. And how does Oscar jump into racing? Because he starts because he loves the bikes, he enjoys them, he starts on with the trials, and then he moves on to downhill racing. So where's that change, and how was that change for you?
1: Uh, downhill change was like a, was way, way later. So I uh, first started riding bikes since I was a little kid, but then at the end of the 80s, uh, I I started seeing some mountain bikes in Spain this this weird bikes with these big wheels looked like a road bicycle but off road and I also got attracted of course to to them I'm passionate about everything in cycling pretty much so um, I I rode a couple like I could have like the chance of like people like you know borrow one here and there and I rode and I also liked them um, I first got involved into a cross country race so uh, it wasn't a point to point but it was like a long loop and I was not really hooked by that. Like, it was like a rainy day. I could still remember rainy afternoon, um, uh, month of October, November, and uh, about 40 Ks. And I just didn't like it. I mean, I was not prepared. I never never did anything uh, related to endurance. I was, uh, you know, out there with my trial, sort of like baggy pants and my flat pedals and everything. So I was not, not, not ready. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy the experience at a hundred percent. I enjoyed some bits of it and I expected it to be really like what today is the enduro format because I remember watching enduro motorcycle racing. And so I expected mountain bike to be like that honestly, the cross country. Six months later, my friend called me back and says, like, look, this is a new format it's called downhill it comes from america the americans has have invented this format and you will love it and immediately i got hooked by downhill and it's like this is my thing that's what i want to do this kind of have two mainly two things which was like the technique from the trials uh together with the speed which i love them both and and that perfectly like for me it was a perfect mix
0: okay and what would you say is your be- best memory of that whole experience of being a downhill rider?
1: Oh, many, but um, uh, probably the, the way up, uh, prepping the way, you know, uh, the days before, like the, my first World Cup, probably. Like we were a bunch of kids, and we were, you know, traveling from uh, from Barcelona and uh, Girona on an open open trailer uh, made for three three trial motorcycles, and we had like about. Ten or eleven mountain bikes on top of it, wrapped them, you know, with tie-ups and everything, all together, all bundled up together. Uh, we drove up to uh, to Nice uh, or to next to Monaco to Cabdale. and that was like uh, in back in '93, my first World Cup. And I've been ever ever since in 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 the World Cup nonstop every single year. So it's 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 been it's been a long time. But I I'm, these and many other memories. I mean, there's been so I mean so many years, so many gratifying so many nice experiences but i remember that being like i'm i'm just gonna go racing world cups now
0: Oh, i can imagine and from then on just like you mentioned you haven't stopped you've always been there uh now and at from the different side of the pitch but uh back then you were on the on on between the lines and i also wanted to ask you how have you seen the cycling experience change how have you seen the world cups uh change everything's gotten more technical uh yourself as a well-known coach all over the world right now uh you've got to adapt to all those changes and especially cross-country has become a i would say a discipline where everything's developing to more technical world cups and less less long climbs and yeah more technical steps so how do you do how do you do adapt to that kind of stuff and how do you teach the riders to uh it's more important to focus on the technical rather than the physical at that point
1: um, I mean, if we 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 talk cross country, I think sure from the last seven or eight years, the evolution of the sport being uh, maybe more number of laps, not 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 everywhere, not all the venues, but they are having you know six, five, six, seven laps sometimes, and uh, you see the riders more often. As you said, uh, the courses are becoming more technical; they have more technical features. Uh, therefore, your riding skill has become. I would say, like, a more important—not, of course, not the most important—cross-country is mainly based on your aerobical or your physiology, but your aerobic capacity. And as it's known, or the language it's used in in the sport, if like if you got a big engine, you probably have a big future in 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 cross-country, right? The same way like the road cycling works. But but once once you the problem is like a, a lot of the young kids. Um, they grew up with this and then once you make it to the pinnacle of the sport and then you start having <clears throat> uh, an age and, and you race on the elites, everyone that will make it to the elites at the World Cup level, they will all have an unbelievable engine. They'll all have a physiology of God, very, very similar. And therefore, they would. Uh, I would, uh, what it counts to me is the package. I call it the package because it's all the other areas how stable you are mentally how good as you are as a bike handler um you know how do you prepare for the races how you know how do you actually like how uh, how do you know to get there at the right time at the right moment to actually perform and and this to me this is uh, you know this is this is the name of the game when you make it to of course when you make it to that level
0: yeah of course and as uh, everybody has been able to hear oscar is a well known coach all over the place uh, road cycling mountain bike but I wanted to ask you, how do you decide to become a coach? First of all, after your ride experience,
1: in my last years, uh, when when I was still racing, I would I would put at these clinics once or twice a year when I had the time and and when one or two friend of mine uh, will help me and then we'll put these these events, and uh, I immediately felt uh, not only comfortable but I I liked the idea of uh, of coaching people or helping people. Um, and and it all started really there. So I, I thought my career after after uh, after cycling was going to be either you know to finalize my my law degree at university because I left it I left it uh, you know because I had to go racing and I didn't have the time to finalize the the degree or or I would go in some some sort of like a product development. Because that's something I like to do. It's something I'm I'm valuable at also, and and uh, I thought this would be like my future, and then all of a sudden, like I start coaching, and and Giant wants me to after one year being a national coach. When I quit, I was a, a national coach, a Spanish national coach for a year, and and Jayan, you know, brought me back to the to to the team in uh, this this time not as a writer but but as, but as a coach and and uh and i get to work with with danny it was the first guy danny hart and we were the first year everything seemed to be working nice the you know the, the i mean back then he was a kid the, the kid will start doing good results unbelievable skill um hard to deal with but i think i think I, I i i knew how to and uh and immediately like you know the second season with us he was he was world champion and, and for me, it was like the, after that year, I started with cross country as well. And the year after, I started with road cycling as well. So it all came, you know, it, it all came pretty much like every single year I had like a, you know, I had like a new a new project to,
0: it, yeah. to, uh, to deal with. It was basically going with the flow. And you mentioned a topic I wanted to ask you about because I mentioned this many times. I'm Spanish and you were uh, the Spanish Cycling Federation coach. And you only yes. lasted a year, and you quit. And with you yourself being such a good coach, I wanted to ask you: if you can tell us a little bit of what happened there. What made you quit?
1: Um, since since a very long time ago, I I, uh, I say I I don't know if the name would be like I would use the word filter. I filter the people, you know, they they talk in the same code as I do. So when you get along with people, when you know, like you share. Um, yeah, I would say the passion. The passion moves a lot of things, but not everything. But you share uh methods, the way you actually you work hard. Um, um y- you know, you have a conversation and immediately feel like it's like I can I can deal with these people. We we're gonna do great things with these people. So I, I felt like on the Federation I, I could never find anyone that I was I was able to deal uh with them the, the way I, I would I would like to. So Um, I had so, you know, different projects. I wanted to start, of course, not all at the same time, but, you know, maybe start one or two a year and brought the new kids up a little bit, had projects where I would like take a few young kids and and bring them up to the World Cup, have the big elites and, and perfect them. Of course, writing skill is my thing, but there was other areas that I saw like flaws and in, in areas that could get a lot better and they would be like maybe open for improvement but I, I mean I wasn't I wasn't really able I realized very very early in the process like I will I was uh, I started national coach at, if I'm not wrong at, at end of January, beginning of February and by the time by the time I was preparing the uh, expedition to Canberra World Championships I knew I was not gonna come back like it's, it's like I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna tell them this is not this is not for me i i need to find i mean i need to find something else i need to find my feet i need to find the people i can work with and the people like you know when i when you start working you immediately feel the traction i don't i don't like to have the wheel spinning I, I need the traction i i want to feel traction i want to feel things moving
0: yeah wow, that's fair enough and that's a good story to tell always uh there's... Quite, quite surprisingly, there's not many people that know that you were national coach of Spain before jumping onto to uh, bigger things and bigger names. Uh, so it's always something I like to talk about. And I, I think it's interesting to mention that at some point the federation had you, but uh, not anymore, obviously. And you mentioned you started downhill. You mentioned trial bikes, uh, then on to the Spanish Cycling Federation, and then on to the giant uh, off-road team. And... How do you get involved with road cycling? What makes you think that you can actually help and collaborate? Because that's probably been some of the most uh, renowned experiences you've had uh, with the bigger names of cycling, such as uh, Mick Van Vleuten, uh, Thibaut Pinot, and Rick Mas. most recently. What does make you think that uh, you can make a change in road cycling? Mm,
1: I first got a, a call from who was the head performance of the rubber bank uh, road team back then they were sponsored by giants so they rode giant bikes um i had everything i think everything that i've been doing it's mostly based on on the capacity of analysis so i i tend to i'm an observer i always tend to look at stuff um when i was when i was a rider I, I would try and test and and, and test and spend infinite hours and testing stuff and changing the pressure changing this changing the tire doing this now back and forth back and forth all the time so all these analysis i think like i've been using it after as a coach as well um and and i think like uh louis was the first one that i got a call from him and said like hey oscar i want i want to do this i have people he was concerned about people getting injured and i was say like look at the process after 12 years or 13 seasons It's been like they were concerned about people getting injured or riders. Uh after a few years, they said, like, well, we start losing races at the descents. And now races are won because you can descend properly. So it's it's been changed, changing a lot in the last, in the last 12 years. But my experience with road cycling was when I, you know, around my area here, I had a few pros and I would go. For a spin with them, I will I will go on the training rides for a little bit, only for the first maybe hour or two hours. But when I would do the same with those guys, back in the midnight, it's just like, these guys cannot really ride a bike. These guys have trouble. These guys are slow. These guys struggle. When you would go a little bit faster, you will go too close to them, or you'll take like an inside tighter line. They will call you like crazy. You, you're you going to get hurt, kid, this and that, and all this. And immediately, I like start you know looking watching at them when i was when i was writing and i would take to the sense you know i would take like the uh the back seat and and look at them from behind and and start paying attention and this actually was some experience that i used when i first had to go to to the rubber band team and i introduced what i thought it was going to be the technique what kind of things could we do pretty much like the the what what how when, and 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 when if if you want this that, that was the very beginning and i and i started there thinking like these guys have so much stuff they could do so much improvements can can be made here if they if they understand they realize but it's been it's been a long super long process very 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 very, very slow very slow
0: uh, you're saying it's been a very slow process but we've seen you work uh, with some people uh, such as Pinot, who is well known to be a rider that uh, he was a really good climber, but then on the descent he would just uh, get scared and wouldn't descend properly, and then he would lose a lot of time there. And as soon as they started working with you officially, of course, I don't know when they started working unofficially, uh, they there was a bigger change, and especially I would say uh last last year uh, with the Movistar team with Enrique Mas, who we we saw in the Tour de France, uh, having real struggles with this descent and losing a lot of time. And then he shows up a month later in the Vuelta, and he's a complete different rider. And how do you change all of that, all of that uh, fear, and uh, and turn it into a strength in a month process?
1: Um, the change, I think, that just uh, I would say the speed, if you want the the axle on the process. I I always use the same the the same fundamentals. So I st- I will start with every single writer pretty much with the same fundamentals. But as soon as the writer keeps like starts moving and writing around me, then it's like, okay, I'll start the same, but not the same way. I always change something. So the first, let's say, couple sessions, they tend to be very, very similar, but maybe I think I've never done exactly the same one. You know, close enough, but not exactly the same one. I I I, I like to see the writer, I like to see the 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 personality. So on one on one side it's like Okay. This is these are my tools. This is the method I'm using. That's the system. It's been working, and I've been perfecting and adding and and adding. I mean, not adding complexity, but it's a lot more complex now than it used to be at the very beginning. But on the other side, I like to see who am I coaching, and it depends who am I coaching. The message will be addressed differently. Um, I'll try to find different ways to to actually work with the athlete to. Establish like a relationship and also excel the the process because the way you actually send send the information it's key to the athlete. Especially when we are talking about in this case, for example, Enrique. You know he came with a huge amount of pressure and not very much time to actually change anything, and we had to operate very fast and very efficiently, and we could operate fast and efficiently i want them to understand that and they understand and rick understands that that is a process that it's always alive we initiated a process and i said like look this process and these things you never quit doing it you are a cyclist until the end of your days as a as an elite sportsman or as a elite cyclist a road cyclist or one of the best in the world you don't quit doing this that's what you're going to be doing there's going to be numerous of things that you have to keep doing it we will perfect them we will change them we will correct them we will refresh them call it whatever we will be still training and coaching but you don't give up you just you just keep the level up and everything is going to be fine so sure he can go into like small i would say like small heat caps but i i i really believe strongly believe that the big heat cap is He's,
0: we'll have to back there. Okay. Uh, I feel like it's a, is, it is a very interesting perspective because sometimes when you watch it on TV, especially, it's just such a big change. And uh, behind the scenes, there's such a big, such a big difference. And I also wanted to ask you uh, from what you've been saying and what you've been mentioning, you're a mental coach, you're a physical coach, and you're a technical coach all all in three, which is really what how a coach should be covering all areas. How have you trained yourself uh, to be able to cover, and like you mentioned, to get to know the rider, uh, know how to approach them? Have you done any kind of uh, studies or degrees that have helped you with that?
1: Mm, no, I would not consider myself like a mental coach. Not even not, not not a sports not a sports psychologist. I'm not. I could probably do some uh, if you want um, some um, some physical coaching, but I would uh, much prefer. Focusing in, in 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 skills. I have enough like focusing like in really in skills. As you said, that you could you could see. Uh, for me, the sports is is very important. I worked with the sports psychologist back then and when I was racing. And uh I've been knowing my sports psychologist, Pep Fon, for over 25 years. And we've become friends. So I share a lot of things with him. Uh a lot of the stuff I present. What I call and scan or a profile is like, well, this is the athlete I have got. That's what I have. All this structure. That's what I want to do. This is the path I want to follow. This is what I think is like. It's the weak points are here. That's an strength. That's not. And I try to like a filter and make myself like a a plan. And and I verify the plan. So I would say more than a mental coach, I'm really well. uh, I would say like well assisted. With really people that well, really well prepared over over thirty years of of experience in both sides, physical and, and and mental. So when I'm in the field, yes, I can cover the three areas, but I'm always making sure that what I do is I'm doing the right thing. So I, I try to I try to get to get the best advice, the best support from the people that are real
0: professionals. Uh, that's very interesting. And uh, besides from Pep Font, who you just mentioned, do you work with anybody else on a daily basis uh, to help you with your with your athletes?
1: Um, I I have a uh, I would I would not say a few, but maybe like a, a couple of like uh, uh coaches that you know we share the uh, some of the uh, the picks stuff that i see that i would i don't see and we'll look at this coach the way he's actually like planning stuff and i like better this planning or this planning leads to these that leads to that but it's all in experience at the moment the riders in-house a giant they're still coached by their own coach and they come to the races uh to race with us but we don't have a coach in-house which i think it's going to be probably in the next few years the next thing that will probably happen in mountain bike, as it's been happening in the road in the last 10 years, the process is like, they tend to have everything in house. So you have, you know, a program that has all the professionals, all the tools that the athlete might need. And as soon as there is a problem of you need to support an athlete or you want to grow an athlete or you want to really like, um, uh, try to put the other at the top top level of the of, of 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 her or his maximum potential then you have the people in-house that can make that possible instead of like outsourcing and making the process a lot more uh or order or the uh, uh a lot more complicated a lot more uh a lot slower i'd say in one word is just a lot slower a lot less efficient
0: okay uh i was going to ask you if you thought uh that having a an in-house coach was better but obviously you do so I also wanted to ask you, you've been a coach for many years. I'm sure you've had many, many satisfying memories, uh, both with road cycling, uh, with mountain cy- with monobike cycling, with getting three riders in the podium in Tokyo, for example. That must have been crazy. So what would you say it's been one of your best experiences so far yet as a coach?
1: I don't know. I mean, you mentioned the Olympics. That's probably, I mean, the the crazy thing about the Olympics that normally, not very many people know is that. We had all the week organized Um, Eddie, which is the national, woman national coach. um, He was from road to mountain bike venue. And I was taking care a few days uh, of the girls and we were riding the course and he was like at the road site and I was like in the mountain site. And uh, we had it all, you know, perfectly planned and covered. And then all of a sudden, 48 hours before the event, we realized like um, everyone was going to be in the mountain bike event and Marlon Reuser, which is the time trialist from Switzerland silver medalist at the Olympics. um, She was going to be doing the last reco or the last inspection on the course on her own. And they said like, look Oscar, like if you don't mind, you can help her more than anyone on the course, especially the day before the race. What we could do is we're going to have all the ladies ready to go. And as soon as the race starts, you disappear, you transfer, so you drive over the mountain, the road venue and then you do the thing with Marlon over there. So that was the plan. Problem is like, so at four o'clock in the morning, this big storm, it rained and at five o'clock, five, five something, we decided like, okay, we need to go walk the course. We need to understand. We haven't been practicing here in the mat. We don't know how it is. I want, I want to walk. I want to touch this mat. I want to see where we're facing. So we went there. We walked the course. Uh, we choose the tires and the bike setup accordingly. We did a few laps with the girls. The course got modified. We adapted to the new modified bits uh, on the course. And whenever when they were ready and they were on the rollers warming up, it made sense because at the Olympics you can you, you cannot follow the people you know along the course walking or jumping the tapes and everything. You cannot really coach them. It was these boxes, you know, like real like a football kind of like box, like 15 meters by two. And then I could not really coach anyone. So it was a good idea to actually like have the girls started the race and then leave because you cannot really do much from the outside. I transferred over there. So I was watching on my phone and the reception was on and off, on and off. So it was like really difficult. But long story short, you know, by the time I got to the to the time trial venue, uh, we knew we had the three medals. Marlon was super surprised, we were stowed, and the plan was to actually get a scooter to go in front of her, do the last inspection, make sure everything was ready for the day after, and we were not allowed, I I was not allowed to actually use the scooter. So then I didn't have no bikes, no suitcase, all I had was a plastic bag full of like my dirt kit and a muddy helmet and muddy shoes, Uh, my shoes were not compatible with marlin uh, spare bike so i had to jump with running shoes shorts the t-shirt a big accreditation wrapped around my neck a muddy helmet and i jumped on her spare bike and actually do the whole lab with her so so that was like the last prep we did into the uh, into the lab of the olympics uh i was so tired when we finish all this, you know what happens. Like you go back to the hotel, mountain bike girls are celebrating, you know, two hours away from, by car. Uh, all the road athletes are taking showers. The sports director are prepping for the day after. The mechanics are washing the bikes. I'm in, you know, in a hotel lobby with the with a, you know, plastic bag, you know, with, with muddy clothes inside. And I'm like, holy cow. I mean, this has been so fast. It's been so shocking. so, so crazy and and still like the you know one of the best things had to come with Marlene will will go on the day after and still still won another medal for for Switzerland so it was crazy.
0: Oh yeah, it's a crazy experience. Uh, not many coaches can say they helped uh, with uh, achieving four medals out of four that were possible. So I would say that's a huge achievement. And I wanted to ask you something really interesting. Uh, which you said uh, on the morning before the race, the girls were actually riding riding the track and doing laps. So I wanted yes. to ask you: Were there many other writers doing that at the same time? Um,
1: I, I would say maybe not most of them, but yes, quite a lot of them. I think I it was think... like it's it, it it was like it was like tricky because there was like bits that change here and there, and um, sure you, you 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 try to you try to assess the situation, you try to actually like a, um, have uh, kind of like a. I would not say I wait on the decision of the writer, but it's like, hey, if it rains, that's the setup. I would do this, I would do that because this, this, and that. Ultimately, it's the writer that decides, of course. But just to bring everything as clear as possible, because we didn't have much time. So people were, you know, uh, uh, trying and, and checking the course and everything. But I think that the sticker was like, we walked it before. We knew a little bit ahead. We work ahead of, uh, of, uh, of other teams and and after that we knew which was going to be like the, especially like the best uh tire choice for uh for the time
0: okay. how would you say that made a difference on the races with the girls walking the track uh, I was
1: well, i would say like i mean uh, the preparation with it wasn't wasn't different than the other teams i think after working uh let's say six seven years i mentioned before like i i had a good uh I had a good fit with Eddie, the national coach, because I told him, like, look, Eddie, like, to me, after working with him two or three training camps, he said, like, after after Brazil, he said, Oscar, we're going this time, we're going exclusively with you until Tokyo. And we want you to be on board and and we want you to develop this program. And, And when we started this, it's like, yeah, you know what I want? I want the girls to be at the Olympics. So give me four years, five years now, five seasons. And And I want them to be able to look at stuff, walk the features on the course, and write them right away. No hesitation, no trouble, no, I want to see first the others, maybe yes, maybe not. And when they were at the test event in 2019, October, I believe that was, I wasn't there. And I got a phone call and I said, like, you know, they they told me, like, Oscar, your goal is accomplished. Now the girls, when they look at the course, it's intimidating. It's very man-made, sort of like artificial. Everything looks kind of like big and scary. They could write it, no problem. Out of the five girls brought here, we don't have any problem. They could all write perfectly. To me, this was mission accomplished. And at Tokyo, what happened was like, we had the timing, the the probably the conditions got a little bit a little bit more technical because of the mud, which was a little bit slippery, especially the first laps. But we had the course where really was one technical feature after the other. You could not really use much time to just for pedaling. The pedaling, obviously, as I said, physiology is the most important thing in this sport, but when you have like a technical feature here and there and there and here, and again, and over, 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 and more, more, and more corners, then the writing skill becomes really important. And and we had the perfect mix, honestly, and the girls could, you know, could actually, you know, show their potential.
0: Of course. And obviously the result could not have been better, uh, literally for three out of three. And I wanted to ask you, we've talked a lot about uh, the work you do now, uh, what you've done before and I wanted to ask you what's in the future for Oscar? Uh, what would you say is something you would like to do, uh, long-term goals?
1: A lot of things. I think, uh, I think you get all too soon. That's the problem. So I don't have much time. I have to choose. Obviously because time goes by really fast. Uh, if I'm not mistaken this is going to be season 31 or 32nd at the World Cup. So imagine 32 years at the World Cup already. Uh, so it's 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 fast there's there's a couple projects on the table so yeah i gonna see some changes who knows but uh there's there's a couple of projects on the table there's uh things are changing also on road cycling mm, the teams are are seeing probably the role of someone uh really helping on 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 skills and how much more it could be done on this area and uh and why not? I have to, I, I like the new challenges. I mean, I am not, I'm not, as I said, I'm, the, the, for me, the most important thing is to be able to work with the people. I f- I feel comfortable and I have a good understanding. And I think I can, I can create a good relationship to, to be really profitable. And, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm just gonna go ahead with the projects. I feel like they are, they are challenging and they are actually like, they look nice.
0: And is there anything you can actually tell us about? Because you mentioned projects, ifs, uh, something uh, connections, but you didn't really say anything at the same time. No,
1: no, there's <laughs> there's nothing because there's a lot of you know there there's obviously there's uh, there's a lot of talk in uh, in the I say like I would say like in the you know in in for, on one side is like the mountain biking which for me like is one side and for the other side is like road cycling. So mountain biking already this year my presence in enduro will be less and less. I love the discipline. I love all the disciplines. I'm, I'm a big fan of cycling in general. I like, I, I like all the disciplines. I really appreciate the quality of the uh, enduro riders, uh, physically and unbelievable technical skill. I mean, the speed they have with those, uh, stages that they barely inspect. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I, I love it, but I don't have, I don't have the time to, to, uh, uh, to be there and I feel so sorry, not, 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 not being able to be there at the same time. I will try to sh- share the time between downhill and curse country at the world cup. And then, and then, and then road cycling, which has been really busy up until now, less busy during this season. And, uh, I would say like October will probably be the time to actually, you know, maybe if there is a change in the projects or a change in the way I would like to do things. And, uh, if I change a little bit the direction,
0: I'm uh, sure you'll get to know it. Huh. Okay, so maybe we'll, we'll schedule for a second chat in October. We'll see. And I Absolutely, pleasure. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, you mentioned uh, that you love all disciplines, and you were a rider uh, 40 years ago now. So if Oscar Saith was to start cycling now professionally, what do you think is the discipline that would best suit him? Mm,
1: I will still choose the gravity. I'll still choose a gravity. I mean, I like all them. I really enjoy all them. But when I get, especially when I get to to descend, and I feel like I'm descending that, as as I got older too, not so much before because before it was trying to go as fast as possible, it was trying to find the way to actually go faster every time. That was that was the game. But now it's. It's a time where I'm descending. Like I, I went for 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 a ride on on my trail bike today, on my rain, and and it's a time where it's 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 only me. Nothing's happening. I'm I'm just riding my bike. So I'm just riding fast downhill, fast. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when they go fast, but it's like for me, it's fast. It it feels fast, and uh, and um, you know, there's there's no the cell phone. There's no people around. I don't need to talk to anyone. I don't need to listen to anything. It's like I'm like in a in a little bubble, and it feels so so relaxed, so energy energy battery charging, uh, unbelievable. It, it it's uh it's to me it's like a it's it's one of the best recoveries I, I can have absolutely. So I would choose, still choose. I would probably still choose gravity, whether it's downhill or enduro. I don't know, but downhill is uh, it, it's something. Unique. It's something unique. Some It's hard to understand for some people, but but probably probably downhill. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes. Wow. So more than good enough answer. And I also ask you, it was one of, for one of the best memories you have so far of, of cycling and journalism coaching. But do you have any regrets you can share with us? I'm like uh, at some point where you've done something you wish you hadn't done in terms of preparation or there's something you wish you had done, but you didn't do it at the end? Um... Uh, yes, uh, I, I mean, I might be told it
1: for the experts, it's like, uh, you know, I've been told it for more than one time, it's like, Oscar, you don't do better because you're a fucking perfectionist. So I've been told this a couple of times, seriously, and it was impossible to unwind this. I would tend to analyze absolutely everything, and I will go crazy and nuts about everything I could actually do. And not only, uh, uh, I say, wondering... About this, about that, I would not wonder. I would go, you know, hands on, and I would try to find out, you know, reasonably, you know, within within reason, what would do this, what would do that, and why this happened, why did this didn't happen, et cetera, et cetera. So, so maybe being a little bit more flexible and adaptable would have helped me in terms of bike racing. Maybe not for coaching now, though, but for racing, probably, probably yes. Yes, that's something I I always regretted, but it was you know it, it was really hard. I knew, I knew it. I, I I battled it a little bit, but it's it's this is this is my I guess this is my my, my my DNA. This is my character, and it's 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 very hard to change it. Got got better in a lot of areas, of course, but it's not. It's definitely not 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 easy.
0: Okay, uh, well, that's of course a uh, great answer, and uh, just to finish up the interview, wrap everything up a little bit. Uh, you had uh, over 30 years of World Cups, like you said, uh, over 40 years of a cycling career now, close to. If you had to take one moment of all of that, all the coaching, all the writing, all the traveling, all the podiums, all the everything, what would you take?
1: Mm, uh, if Let's see. I would feel particularly very, very satisfying uh, moment where I think what I could actually separate performance from result, and this is hard to actually do for some athletes. So I would go to a race just to give you an example. Like, for example, like I, I, I I was at the world cup and I got fourth once and that was back at the hotel podium and everything done and uh, anti-doping and everything. And I was like, you know what Oscar? Like it was kind of like actually like a shit day because you didn't deal with it properly. It was, you know, it slipped off my hands a few times. I was like super stressed. I didn't deal with the circumstances properly. I didn't have the best ride. Uh, you know, I had a couple mistakes on the course. Um, I wasn't even really focused. But it happened that that day, maybe the other was just slower than I was. Not particularly happy. But I got fourth. So it's really difficult because the fourth, even being on the podium of the World Cup, masks a lot of things. And many other times, which I had a few, I would say like plenty of seventh places at the World Cup, one of these seventh places that I've got, very close to the podium, I would not remember like seven tenths away from the podium, I was super satisfied. And I said like, man, I prepare like nothing. I wasn't a warm up. I was in the zone. I went to the gate. I was hungry. I went aggressive. I... I left everything I had on the course. I thought I've done the perfect run, almost killed myself a couple of times. I saved amazingly a couple of things where I was I could probably be in the hospital right now. I don't know. Performance-wise, could not be happier. But hey, you know what? There's another six guys that went faster than I did today. So to me, this was one of the moments where I start enjoying and really separating performance. From results.
0: Wow, it's a very interesting story. and Like you said, uh, I w- you, we could kind of call it a resume of your whole philosophy in writing and cycling right now. And well, I just wanted to thank you uh, for giving me some time to do this interview. It's really been a pleasure to hear, uh, hear all of those interesting stories you don't always get to hear, uh, talk about a different perspective. So to finish up the podcast, I always uh, do this question, which is uh, if you could give me a song to put at the end of the podcast, I don't mind any any genre, uh, any language. To I don't really mind. So anything you want to put on uh, to finish up your interview.
1: Uh, I don't know because I'm not very uh, say a very very music guy. Um, uh, let's see first uh, what kind of music. It could be like anything indie rock if you want.
0: Anything. it could okay. be
1: it could be jazz. Maybe Herbie Hancock cantaloupe island
0: okay why not
1: yeah it's okay. good i like to lead to jazz
0: so we leave everybody with good jazz like oscar says uh thank you oscar for the uh, podcast it's really been a pleasure and we'll we'll stay in touch and see things for october
1: absolutely thanks for having me it's been amazing sharing time with you anytime